I don't like to yell. I I I mean <laughs> Jason just speaks around the Everyone's just like, what? <laughs> Yo, Jason's face just now. I wish we had a camera. Yeah. I can see him out of the corner and I'm like trying to block let him me, out. Let me be real clear on that. Dane doesn't like to yell in a group setting. That you have to listen to him. He doesn't mind yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strength Podcast. Oh, you had to pause there. Where we're going to help you become a master of sport. Good job, Yeah, Dan. there we go. You're getting yeah. really good at that. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think you said you're proud of me like four times. You yeah, I know. talked to me about my weight loss, so you're proud of me. I know. You've been doing excellent work uh, there, man. Running, I think you said it too. Yeah. What are you up to? Have you done like 15 miles yet? I know you hit over 12 the one time. No, I haven't gone over that. Mm-hmm. Have you hit a half marathon? So no half marathon, not, yet. not the 13.1? So I, I want to tell you, I think I think when I hit a half marathon by myself, like go out and run it, yeah. that's when I'll sign up for a full marathon. Really? Yeah. That's a big ask. What is your total? Do you get a full marathon in a week yet? Yeah. Yeah, right now I'm up to like almost 18 or 20 miles. I'm only running three days a week. That's not a full marathon, Dane. Oh, a full marathon. Yeah, I like, thought you meant half. Well, like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Can you, like, no, you no, get like twenty six point two in a week no, volume sorry, yet? Sorry. Okay. I, in my mind, I was still on the half. Um, I'll do about eighteen to twenty, and then I will say this though is that two other days I'll go on the bike for, and I'll do either sprint interval work or something else. So, but when I was running a lot, I never felt I struggled with the cardio, the breathing. I only ever struggled with the local muscle fatigue in your legs my hamstrings mm-hmm. would just be like it was more i literally needed to be able to run 18 miles or something like i, I never quite got there like so I just if if i run a 13 2 or 13 1 i want to get an actual treadmill so that i can i can get extra mileage in and i think it might help i talked to you about my cramping in the afternoons yeah. when I run and it might be, it might be linked to like salt intake being too low or something. Um, but I, I do think if I get a treadmill and I can just keep my heart rate elevated for an hour and a half, I think that will help me. And on a treadmill with it being a little bit easier on the grounding position, uh-huh. I think that that's, that's like one goal I do have, but yeah, I'm 18 to 20 well, miles. You're right talking now. about running by yourself and we're going to talk about, Oh, training, training a group yeah well, and doing yeah. that so yeah. um all of you out there imagine you walk into a room and there is a varsity and jv football team oh god and they're high school kids we're not talking like that's like the that's just yeah. like the last thing you want to deal with <laughs> and the whole team is there no one and they're sick. all males yeah <laughs> ages what 14 14 to, to 18. 18 yeah and there's somewhere between, we'll say, like 40 to 60 kids. And they're just trying to impress everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Including you. Yeah. <laughs> they're talking. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And about who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even know. They're making jokes, laughing at Dane yeah. and with Dane. Or whoever's there, the coach, you. Yeah. And they're happy. They're in good spirits. They seem, you know, pleasant. And 
you're there to get them stronger, more athletic, and physically fit to succeed in their sport. So in this example, football. How do you do it, Dane? How do you do it? Dude, that's a that's a very intimidating sequence that you just laid out. It's really it's it's challenging because it's challenging one in the sense that you might not know like let's say the the sport coach you know the football coach how well are they organized from the football coach but you did say 40 to 60 people so 40 60 athletes so if you've got a high school that's got 60 football players coming in to lift the head coach is probably pretty good with kids he's probably pretty good at uniting the kids come together and actually work and i think that that's got to be like in the back of your mind like all right it's overwhelming. There's 60 kids here, but you know we can make this work because they they've been taught how to do that. Um, they've been taught how to work together, or, or at least within reason. And I would hope that maybe some of the assistant coaches or whatever are going to help you set that up. But the first thing that I always do is get a good feel. And and I actually, you know, we had this swim coach Roy Snyder came in and he had me. He's like the I've talked about him a couple of times, but he's like the legend of swimming. And, and even in, in the U S he's a great, like one of the best high school swim coaches of all time. So he came here, talked to me. He wanted me to come in and do exactly what you just laid out. And when I got there, it was the men's team and the women's team. And there was 30 on each team. So there were 60 people. Wow. Now he had told me, you know, this is what we had. So I, I, as far as platforms and whatnot. So I was a little bit more mentally prepared. Um, yeah, you did your prep work. You planned for it. Right. And I think obviously Which is probably a the first big step. lesson right yeah. now. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're doing a group, yeah, you better plan before you go in. You have to plan well. And it's like it it's it's no different than than lesson plans for a teacher. It's no different than a football coach going to practice with their script for what they're gonna be doing. Yeah. It's no different than a, a band instructor. And we're talking about proficient good instructors. Yes. Uh, a a conductor going in and saying this is what we're doing today. This is what we're going to be working on. And then we're going to piece it going together. into a marketing meeting with a strategy or what needs exactly to who's doing what role things at, at like. each point. Exactly. And I think that you've, you've got to take that as that main first lesson is, you know, survey the room. What do you have access to as far as platforms, squat racks, dumbbells, benches? Is there turf? Is there not turf? Is there a hallway? Um, is there things, places to do body weight stuff? Um, and then that after you survey everything, then you start to think about, this is what I do. The main lifts. Okay. Again, basically going down the line, you've got to have a cleaner snatch. You've got to have Technical a squat coordination, yeah. absolute strength. And you got to have a bench or a pull up. And then you look at what exercises can we get a large amount of people to do that they don't need spotting. So for safety reasons, you know, push-ups, jump lunges, walking lunges, pistol squats, like stuff like side band walks, things that you just start dips and you can just start rolling through these exercises and be like, all right, these are movements that we can use that aren't going to require a large amount of manpower, person power, whatever that term is now, but that would create more time and attention because if you can free up when you're thinking about the you know the picture you painted if i'm thinking about high school football team i need as many 
as much time of my eyes on as many of the players at, at one given moment than attention on one individual. Uh, and so what I also like to do then is if I'm doing technical coaching for the platform, if I have a kid who has a technical error, I will stop all of the athletes on the platforms and tell them to pay attention to me. So no one's lifting on the platforms while I'm instructing a clean or a snatch. That way that creates a lesson for everybody to pay attention to. And also if somebody has a question on another platform, they can ask me, um, so it's really coming down to like figuring out how can I keep my eyes on the entire room so that there's no clowns because the biggest factor that comes into play is that there's always going to be, you know, out of 10 high school kids, one or two of them will be clowns. They just want more attention. And if you can keep them in line, you're golden. And, yeah. and, it, and it's finding out who they are and making sure you're on them before they, they get General out of line. management 101 type yeah. of stuff you got going on here. Yeah, and it's like taking that one clown or two clowns, and if they're on, those are the kids that also elevate the room. And so it's like picking at them the most because they also just want attention. Yeah. Those are the, also the kids that, like, you can get them to work. They just need – they you know, they might not have a dad. Dude, they might have – or, or, or a terrible dad that's not positively enforcing right, right. So you've got to play that role and you've got to see it and you've got to figure that out early. And so all that stuff sort of comes together. I, I don't know if you want me to stop and ask more questions. Um, that was like the imagined picture you went there. I think when we're talking about group training, that scenario, maybe not that many people, mm -hmm. will be the most likely for the majority of strength and conditioning coaches working in like a high school gym with like you know 13 to 17 year old athletes right um i would think some people listening to this and especially your experience you have experienced group training with like massive creme, yeah yeah creme de la creme elite mm -hmm. level athletes like your throwers is a group training yeah. scenario you get into a lot i have um, a lot of group training though with with shitheads too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. Like, it's how do I say it? There's a reason why you have so many stories of ten and twelve year olds who become incredible yeah. too. Like, it's mm -hmm. Jason's seen me too at my peak with what, like at the Burke's Catholic uh, football weight room, yeah. where it's just like that mayhem. Yeah, and you're like, what is going on? And sometimes you feel like you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> it, it's like. Yes, Dane works with elite athletes, but Dane also works with 10-year-old kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of funny. You'd just be like, oh, he's there. And, and then you come in and he's, oh, who's the 12-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Just do what I'm telling you, kid. Yeah. Your dream, I'll tell you what your dreams are type of thing. <laughs> it's literally a rule in the gym. Oh, that's accurate, too. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, so let's get into more, less of that specific and more like in general. And let's start with uh, actually downsides of group training before, okay all right so one of the things you talked about was lack of equipment like having to like you know i don't know if audit's the word but like what do i have access i think to? audits is the word yeah um and then also too like people especially if we're that large of a group feeling like they're invisible mm -hmm. how do you how does that stuff happen and then also too how do you prevent it i think the the downfall is in a group setting that big, like, like what you described is that you, the downfall is you could in, you could potentially have log jams where there's, where there's time. 
And the biggest factor is you can't have time down. Like you, you cannot let that, you can't, can't let kids have more time just sort of standing around doing nothing. Uh, and that might happen if they, if there's only one bench or if there's only two platforms and you've got five kids on a platform, it's too long between, uh, between sets. And one of the things like if I go to Penn state and I watch them run the room, you can see who's training each position team. Like I got the running backs. I got the, the linemen. I got the linebackers. I got the D backs. I got the QBs. I got the receivers. I got the O linemen. And you can see how each guy is, is really running that specific group pretty well. And they're really familiar with it. And they're familiar with the equipment that they have, which is what makes it a well-oiled machine. So you have to mimic that in to the best of your capability. And so the con of a large group setting is that you might, you really have to plan ahead and say like, all right, we would need to make sure that when we transition from the technical coordination to the absolute strength movement, like a clean to a squat, that these kids that are, that were benching on the squat rack are out of the squat rack and that it's happening like seamlessly. Okay. And then we need to make sure who are the kids that are going to fall through the cracks you know that there's going to be kids that are just not high priority. There, there, there's, and there's really two versions of especially that. at a younger age group, too, yeah. right? Like yeah. someone's going to get, and, and they, like this is just the way it works. You, you're going to go. They either don't have talent, okay, and it's like, how much time do you want me to pay attention to this kid who may never sniff the football field, and like or teach anywhere him. within the sport, like yeah, right, or you've got a kid who's just not doing the work. And really, that's only like one out of 30 kids. Most of the kids are going to be doing the work. So for me, I would always try to take one or two of those kids, those two, and put them with like the middle of the pack group. Because if they were just around the middle of the pack group where they might have one or two guys that they are... They rise up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they'll rise up and you see them. And you're also going to make sure that you're seeing them more. Um, and then what's interesting when that happens is is that then you see kids who might be sub-middle of the pack, they actually start being better leaders for the kids that are below them you know, to get them to, yeah, to, to they're do like more work. They were used to hanging out with yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, then, so then you can see these pockets start to grow a little bit more. And then you've got like your big dogs on another platform. And I actually, dude, I, I always liked having a hierarchy of platforms because kids would then see as well like – you know, Cooper and Brandon, their platform was over here. And half the time, what's funny is I would barely even pay attention to Cooper and Brandon. I would be paying attention to everybody else because I knew what they were doing. So I think that that's another thing. And then like the closer you could get to their platform, it was like, so, Oh, we're getting close real quick. You, you're talking about like sort of healthy competition, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the competition is very objective. Like yeah. we're lifting weights. Like yeah. who has what weights on the bar decides what platform you're on. There's nothing about, other than that, like yeah. that's where you're at. That's who you're working out with. Um, the second thing was to usually what I heard there was who was working heavier, more capable athletes didn't need as much because they were more self-aware from a kinesthetic standpoint yeah. and how to do things. Mm -hmm. And also too, like you think of a bell curve, you can impact more people in the middle than yeah. you can on either end. Yeah. And you made that comment about, you know, your lower performing kids and your higher performing kids. Like I don't pay as much attention and it's not that I don't want to, it's just, this is kind of how a group training setting can end up right. working out. And one of your, 
fail-safe for that was the lower kids, you'd move into a middle-of-the-pack group mm -hmm. to try to rise their level up. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also say this, is that I I do... I don't like to yell. I, I, I mean, <laughs> Jason just speaks around. The Everyone's just like, what? <laughs> Yo, Jason's face just now. I wish we had a camera. Yeah. I can see him out of the corner and I'm like trying to block let him me, out. Let me be real clear on that. Dane doesn't like to yell in a group setting <laughs> that you have to listen to him. He doesn't mind yelling at you. Yeah. So one of the big factors that I, think had played a, a major role in my success was like with especially the that group setting over the span of like four years of doing it um was that if i noticed and it didn't matter what platform you were on if i could see that you were skipping sets or you do one rep and then you get off and and the workout said there's you know two or three sets and we were going on the minute almost always. So if I'm if I'm running technical coordinations, we're doing cleans or power cleans or hand cleans, whatever, we're going on the minute always because I want everybody just to move quicker. If I noticed a kid doing one set and then getting out of line or doing one rep when it was supposed to be a triple or, or something like that, I would let it go and then I would probably tell, I would usually tell one of the assistant coaches who was always with me, Espo, I'd be like, yo, this dude, this kid's not, He's not doing his, his sets. Yeah. And I would start to get like, I will kill somebody if he doesn't do this. So like Espo might go down and say like, hey, make sure you're doing all your sets. And if it happened again within a workout, I would go full steam rage mode, like full on raging. And like so much so that like there was a point where one of the coaches came over and he was like, are you okay? And then he started telling me about how he learned he had, he had heart palpitations because he raged like I did. And then he started <laughs> to black out and he had to go to the doctor because he was worried he was having a heart attack. I'm laughing at that. And that's not, well, he, but he was laughing when he was telling me. So I had had, I would have that where I would like see dots and stars and stuff. And because I would get so pissed and I'm not saying you have to do that, but there is a point of like bringing the intensity. And that was the other thing is like, they would know I would bring the intensity. And on top of that, we have a big social media platform. And even at the time, we had a decent following on Instagram at the time. So it was like they knew if they were hitting the lift, it was going to go on the story. Or if it was big enough, it would go on the main feed. So that's like the intensity. And then just that, you know, bringing it back to like kids like being filmed. Kids like stuff like that. They like being put on Instagram. They like being put on Facebook and their mom can share it because then they can talk about it. Like, especially when it's like a third party doing it. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. It's not them. It. Put it on Twitter. It's like, so I think that that's stuff that we forget as coaches. That's really easy to provide that affirmation, but the accountability part was always key. And that's where I think you've got to have, you know, I, I, I did have clearance to, to, to do that. Like I would talk to the coaches and be like, I might lose my temper and that, that was okay. As long as, you know, minimal swearing, because I did get yelled at once for swearing, minimal swearing and obviously no. Don't nothing. put the kid down. Yeah. Yeah. You're not beating them down. Yeah. And, and that was the best part actually about the, this specific team is that I never tend to do that when I'm raging. I might get into like a little mouthing off with them. Like, but I, I will never be like, you're a, you're a baby or whatever. Like, 
Well, I might say that, but I might, I'm not going <laughs> to challenge their, their deep inside. And I do remember one time the head coach actually had a talk with one of the assistant coaches. Like you can't, you can't say things like that to, to a kid. Like you got to push them and you got to get the most work out of them, but you can't attack them. Uh-huh. And I think that's another thing that is a big factor. You can't attack the kid in a, in a group. In general, Tra- training a group will force you to grow as a coach. One hundred percent. You're exposed to a lot of kids, or not even kids, just people that aren't into it as much as you want them to be into yeah, it. Sometimes, yeah, 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 and it, yeah. it's like, all right, this is tough. Yeah, I really want you to want this, but I can only get you so far. Sometimes, especially like in the scenarios we're talking about. Now you're privileged. I shouldn't even say pr- privileged. You work to the point where you get to deal with hosses all the time. Like, I, it's funny though, but yeah, yeah, and even yeah. them too. Sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, give me more." Uh, lately, I've been thinking that. I mean, I've been doing that with Anna in training. I've been pushing her way more than normal in in the group setting. And and I I have yesterday actually. I'll say this. I don't. And Espo is not going to watch this, but and Espo actually played for the Patriots. Um, he texted me yesterday, and he's like, "Miss you, bro," just out of the blue. And I thought about it. Like, I I would love to go back to go there. But it's not worth my time right now. Like we have so much stuff going on here. It's just not it's not feasible. But then Lincoln's playing football in the fall. And I'm going like doing the math. I'm like, Lincoln's gonna be in freshman in like three years. Like I probably will go back simply based off of the fact that one, I enjoyed it and I will have my son there Uh and I'm gonna want him to have the best training. So that's when I foresee that happening. I, this is me having like a therapy session right now. But oh, yeah. Good job, Dane. I'm glad you're thinking Shut about up. group coaching in three years. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the, the positive stuff here in a group setting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Things like uh, I'm just going to – you can add to this. Healthy competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same vein, seeing what's possible. Yep. Because like, you know, if you're in a room and like the most someone can do is like 100 kilos, you think that's a heavy snatch. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole like I'll use this example. Cooper, you know, Cooper had trained with us since he was in sixth or seventh grade at the barn, right? And then by the time I was working with them, I, I Cooper was a freshman when I started, and by his senior year, he was cleaning three fifty. And it's dude, they had these big, thick black bumpers, yeah. so it's like when it he dropped it, yeah, and he dropped it, like, <laughs> like it was so loud, and like it's just this huge, crazy bar, and it's like. Now kids were in seventh. Back then, the kids were in seventh grade, and they're looking at it like Anthony was in seventh grade, or, or no, Anthony would have been. Anthony was a freshman when Cooper was a senior, so what he saw as possible was Cooper, and it's like that's that's what makes it so sick. Is it's like you got a middle schooler, or eighth grader, or ninth grader, and they see Cooper, and they're going, or Brandon, who was a year younger than Cooper, and they're going, I can do that. Like if I do that for the next three years, I can get to that point, yeah. and that's what makes it so feasible. It's much more realistic. Um, another positive group setting support. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like you can do it. The hype machine, everyone yelling, dude. And Jason's we've done YouTube videos. Jason's got clips of this where, you know, with Nicholas's group where we'd have 15 to 20 kids in the front gym and I'd be just conducting, basically screaming at everybody the entire time. Cause essentially once I, once I stopped, at BC, it turned into Nick's group was the next group of group. Who training. was that? Governor Mifflin. Yeah, yeah, and it was like twenty of them, and some. And Exeter would have a couple kids sprinkled in there. There'd be a couple other players, uh, sp- and and that's a little bit harder when you're in a group setting that they're not all from the same team. But then when you get them 
firing on all, all cylinders, you get a good response. And it goes back to, dude, it's way better to train group training. It's you shouldn't do personal training, like private one-on-one, unless you have like a drastic problem. Like if we have a kid that comes in sometimes who's blind, he probably should be coming in and he does come in at the hours when there's only three to four kids in the gym. That's a different scenario. But even in that case, he's coming in during group training. So the whole feedback that you get from the energy, you know, you would just feel it, everybody going nuts. Uh-huh. And you see, you know, we have a video of Jaden front squatting 400 pounds for the first time. And like everybody's like in the background. Up, yeah, just going nuts. And it's like, that's what you want. You don't want this stale. Yeah, you hit it yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. And it's fun to do that sometimes to train by yourself. Yeah. But then there's also points where it's like you realize that when you're in a group setting, you're elevated by like 10%. Yeah, let me go post it on social media, get a few likes and post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really pumped up. I hit my PR today. Right, Everybody, right. thanks. Hey, Notice thank me. you. <laughs> um, and then another positive team bond. Yeah. Strengthening that. Uh, especially like sport like football where you you need it you need like hey i can't get through the line of scrimmage if you don't do what you need to do up front type of thing yeah i can't throw this pass if you don't let me make that happen well and that that actually the team bonding i would actually go back to those moments when i would be raging because if i was raging you would see some kids be like yo come on like stop freaking screwing around stop doing this and it's like that when that happens that actually helps create a better cohesiveness because now if i'm raging and that person doesn't like that when i'm pissed they're going to prevent the other person from doing it so now you have someone who might see it earlier and that makes your team a little bit a little bit closer you know and I, i think that also the bonding goes back to when you're all struggling you're all struggling with something you're all on the same wavelength so you can deal with it yeah and and one of the unique parts too is also if someone has a technique issue with a squat or something or or pushing on a bench or whatever pull up one thing that you'll see is that kids will just offer a little like hey you should think about this when you clean and it might be a cue that i never thought about so i think that's that's the other factor that's one of the you saying that i think is great because one of the best things when it comes to like educating someone if you're like the instructor the educator the teacher if you will your ability to learn from the pupil is just as important absolutely as what you're teaching if you can't learn anything from them like how are you going to address them as an individual how are you going to figure out like they need to be doing single leg squats first like front squats right. stuff like that like right. you and that i think feeds into like your the whole development of the social the exuberant yes. and the the zen athlete because it's piecing that together from like more of a mental and how we program then too, but also personality. But then that same thing athletically, then how, how do I cue this person? Like, do they need tactile cues? Do they need verbal cues? Yeah. And all that. So I think I wanted to say this quick was one of the other interesting parts of group training here would be, you know, we have the weightlifters at four 30. That's a group training every day. Throwers at 11. It's a very precise, uh, I want to say institutionalized process. Like you come in at four thirty in the front rooms, weightlifting, and no one's really talking. I'm listening to weird music. Don't bother me, and I'm coaching people or taking. I'm videos. allowed to bother you. Yeah, though. you're allowed to. I'm doing one of those, like telling people what weights to put on the bar, and then that's it. One of the interesting parts was, you know, for those two to three years with Nick's group. Well, and then and this really just ended last year. Was that 
the guys would come in at the end of the weightlifting group of the weightlifting session. But the problem would be they would come in at like 530. Oh. And they want to come in and they're starting to bro around, pal around. They're starting to get hyped that training's about to start at six. And they would be they would bother all the weightlifters. Yeah, they didn't like that. Yeah. So the the interesting part is that the weightlifters had to adapt a little bit to the larger than life personality of the football players, and the football players had to adapt a little bit to the stale personality of weightlifters. Yeah, more like the the golf clap type. Of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so it was interesting where it would be like, I'd have to say like, "Yo, can you guys stop? Can you guys wait? Yeah, turn the atmosphere down. A little yeah, bit just right a now. little bit, or, or just go over on the jerk boxes." And then what would end up happening is like, when we would be doing things like. Uh, push presses or power jerks or split jerks to warm up for an upper body day. I, I still have, and I'm positive Jason has this clip. Kate is hitting like a 110 clean and jerk. And it's like Nicholas, I want to say it's Nicholas, Cam Stewart, and Jaden Jones. And they're back in the corner and they're looking at her like, what? Like, and they have like 70 kilos on the bar. Yeah. And I think like Nick looks at the bar and he's like, like almost like we got to put more weight on. Cause she just hits this huge jerk and they're like, we're sort of pathetic right now. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's also just an interesting aside. I know that's not like exactly, you know, we're doing all this coach and you want to um, talk about the coaching summit real quick. Yeah, actually. So June 1st, June 2nd, we are having the garage strength coaches summit here Oh, June 2nd and June 3rd. Jeez, Dane, you're terrible. That's all right. June 2nd That's and June Jason's 3rd. Here. That's right. Here at Garage Strength, we are having the Garage Strength Coaches Summit, where we're going to actually cover a lot of this stuff in depth uh, and share all these experiences and help you guys program, if your coach is out there, help you program those in the, those group settings and how you can actually optimize it to the best of your ability. That's very nice. Specific to your situation. So go to garagestrength.com. You can sign up for that today. You want to do uh, overrated, underrated now? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's have some fun with this one. Th these ones are a little silly, I think. Um, all right. Overrated, underrated. Lunges. Oh. <laughs> Dude, why do these so hard? Because I have fun with it. It can't be easy. And variations or just the just a walking lunge? We can say walking lunge, yeah. Underrated. Oh, wow. I... Th I I, I thought I could have got an overrated out of you there. I, I just think that it's another one where not enough people do it enough. And I would even argue uh, when when Natasha Aki was here, we talked about this a little bit. She was doing walking lunges with like 60s. And that's where I think you can really, you will really see big benefit from like pushing dumbbells with walking lunges. See, I thought you were going to say overrated because they should be single leg squatting. That's oh, what I thought was going to come out there. I could have done that as a plug. Well, you missed the opportunity. <laughs> All right, next one. Curtsy squats. I just don't feel like they're rated enough. All right. So, so this would be my argument. I think they're underrated. I think curtsy squats are underrated because people look at curtsy squats as like this fitness exercise like how can i get a booty so i want to do a curtsy squat to get a booty but then they forget that like it does help with agility it does help with mobility uh, you can do variations of curtsy squats and some people that even have groin issues will benefit a lot from doing a curtsy squat so i actually do think that they're that they're underrated mainly because there's this like blanket of like oh it's only 
fit you know finsta people who are doing it and i've even done i actually we have an old video where i did uh curtsy squats on a smith machine and i was doing like sets of 20 and i, was I remember that one destroyed <laughs> by them on the smith machine so you should try that out all right ready for this one overrated yeah. underrated i feel like i'm letting you down here no that's all right cossack squats underrated by far 100 <laughs> percent underrated it's like this is a movement you know it's funny yame has these right now okay so she is sliding cossack squats first thing she says i've never done these before i was like how are you discus thrower you've never done these second thing dude she came in the next day she was she's like i can't barely walk like my groin she's like i've never been this sore in my groin and i was like well good like this will help you in the middle of the the circle it's going to help your your positioning there it's a great exercise to help with adduction. It can even help with hip flexion. And so it's like another movement that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. And it's also just like a, a general strength movement that I believe you should be capable of doing like essentially your entire life. Yeah. Dane, I'll never forget the day when you programmed overhead, overhead classic squats. And I would literally ramp that. Yeah, you're doing like freaking like 70 kilos yes. overhead. Yeah, it was miserable. I, you know what's funny? The first time I did overhead caustic squats, I had a back spasm in my upper back for like 40 minutes afterwards. brutal yeah. the way your body contracts, okay, like co-contracts through it. So so look at this, okay? We're, we're talking about the group training in football. Look at when you come out of a shuttle, when you're coming out of the start, there's hip abduction as you come out of the start of the shuttle. But then when you're planting, there's going to be abduction and adduction. So it's like, that's where a perfect scenario where, where caustic squats come into play. And going back to the group training, you don't need to spot somebody. They can do goblet squat right. caustics. You know, they can do that with a sliding. They can do it banded. They could do it body, like body weight. It's a, it's amazing. It's, it's versatile. All right. We have one more, our pop culture. This one's an either or though. Okay. Either or PlayStation or Xbox. Mm. Or you, or even Steam. You don't know what Steam well, is. Never mind. Okay, so what my question would be: Are we talking like 2004 when we grew up? Uh, I think we're gonna go current. Or like gen. current, I would say PlayStation. All right, it's just an opinion. Only because I I feel like it's like a huge deal when the next PlayStation comes out. Yeah, well, five st just making it in that everyone can buy one now. All right. I know Xbox though is still probably Xbox. Is it, still. It's like better access to everybody, right? I don't know. I don't. I haven't owned an Xbox since the first gen Xbox. Yes, yeah, I never. I'm all. I just remember. I actually I got Xbox from my buddy Andy. He lent me one, and that's when I beat. Uh, that's the only game I ever beat was Max Payne. That's the it. First Max Payne. Man, I dude, I never played video games. That's all right, Dean. I played Final Fantasy Seven, that but not a lot. On oh, my brother, my brother owned a, my brother owned a PlayStation. I never beat it. You're not playing the remake? No. What is it? Integrate or something like that? Gran Turismo. I played a decent amount on the original PlayStation. Yeah. Gran Turismo. I did. Yeah. I want to. But I always like. I did always like that too. I'm looking into getting a Steam Deck so I can play Hyper Light Breaker when it comes out. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know about. that's okay. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. No clue. I'm not. Yeah, it's like a Switch, but it's uh, like PC stuff. Lincoln has a Switch. Yeah, that's... But again, it's like Link, er, Like Caitlin's like, no, you get 15 minutes a week. I'm like, why did we buy this thing? So they play it 15 minutes a week. <laughs> you don't have any time to like 
do anything in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. You need like half hour to an hour. Yeah. And if you get into it too, you need hours. You need a day. Yeah. All right. Um, Discord, subreddit, join it. Like, yeah, subscribe. I think too, it's like this is a great place where, you know, if you can't make it to the coaches summit, you can put a lot of these group training based questions in there. Yeah. Also head over to peakstrength.app, the Google Play Store, the Apple iOS store. Yeah. You can download Peak Strength for five free workouts because at some point you guys have to start your journey to attain peak strength until next time peace we didn't get to ask the questions dane oh shit <laughs> peace <laughs> we give me start. those questions all right yeah dude i'm just rolling discord <laughs> you know what's funny is like jason has it so in my head that with the with the plug and i'm still failing to piece together the plug like the way he wants it um but maybe it's just like a trigger I feel All mentally. Right. This, this one's off a... Here's the word journey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is from the Discord, Liquidarity. Um, why does Dane run so duck-footed? I actually tried to answer this too. Yo, that's a good question. Has he ever stretched his uh, piriformis? Yes. You stretched it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, look. look at, I think it has to do with my hip sockets. I'm really mobile in my hips, um, surprisingly, actually, for for how tight I am wound up in my upper back. Uh, but I would argue, I might, this is my argument. If I showed you a video of my Uncle Carl, my mom, my son Sanderson, and my daughter Seneca, all of us walk the exact same, and me, we all walk the exact same way. So is that it's like, like your physiology or whatever? Yeah, is that the right yeah. Word? And it's like, I just... I've never, I've never had crazy issues with knee pain. Um, I've had issues a little bit when I first started to run. I got a little bit tightness in my knee pain, but like, or in my knee. Uh, but after like the first six weeks, it, it went away, and I just. We should just enter. We should yeah. put in the video of me torching all the the guys when when we had the, my the joke race was, outside of me you running. You like duck to lead your ducks on at, where you live. <laughs> So you walk that way so they know to follow. Yeah, you. they follow me because yeah. I walk like them. Yeah, that was my absurd thing. Um, I always forget if it's pigeon toed or duck. You're duck footed. Yeah, pigeon toed when it turns in. Yeah, when I walk like that. So Lincoln, what's funny is Lincoln and in Keenan, Caitlin walks not pigeon toed but very neutral. Yeah, and Lincoln and Keenan walk exactly like Caitlin, and if I put my feet like that, dude, it hurts. Like oh, wow. I, have, it, it's like uncomfortable. All right. Um. Next one, YouTube community. This is Webster two six one four. Where does Dane get his shirts? Because they're always fire. Everywhere, everywhere. I get them everywhere. I'm not sharing my. Yeah, dude. I can tell you, there's one thing I'm very good at, and that's finding anything that I want. And Jason can vouch for this. I spent years mastering searching on Craigslist before it turned into the disaster it is now. I've spent years mastering my abilities on eBay. And if it comes down to it, if I have an idea, like I found a sick Tony Gwynn shirt. It's a comic of Tony Gwynn. And I found it because I just typed in like on Google, Tony Gwynn merch, Tony Gwynn t-shirt, Tony Gwynn comic t-shirt. I just like kept going and going and going and getting these ideas because I would see and I, I would see a shirt and be like, I wonder if there's another version of this. And I just, I'm not telling you how, where the sites are, but I know where they are. Good job, Dane. <laughs> wonderful should i do the plug now or are we just gonna we just gonna uh, say it can't hurt to do it again so head over to peakstrength.app if you guys want to get five free workouts at some point 
You pathetic human beings need to start your journey to attain peak strength. Wow. Until next time, peace. Later. <laughs>